This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, The Hartford, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, if you've been watching television in the last few months, you've heard the term fiscal cliff uh, almost every day. And that term fiscal cliff was first used by Federal Reserve Board Chairman Ben Bernanke to describe a series of tax hikes and spending cuts that are set to go into effect at the end of 2012 and early 2013. There's a great concern that failing to stop this fiscal tightening at the beginning of the year could lead us into a another deep recession. So what does this all mean for the structured settlement industry and for our clients and really for the nation? So today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be talking about the potential impact of the fiscal cliff and also uh, how it all fits with the whole subject of structured settlements as well. Well, joining me in the discussion as my co-host is my Ringler colleague from Baltimore, Maryland, Rich Ryan. Rich has been uh, responsible for evaluating claims to determine appropriate options to create structured settlement proposals. He's attended mediations. Uh, You've basically done it all there, Rich, in Baltimore. Welcome to Ringler Radio. Thanks for having me. And our special guest today, uh, actually a returning guest, is Dr. Christopher Coyne, Associate Professor at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, Chris, uh, you've been on the show a couple of times before uh, talking about some economic issues. Uh, I'd say that this fiscal cliff is about as uh, specific as we can ever get. Yeah, how are you doing, Larry and Rich? Uh, I I agree. it um, it's looming certainly in another what ten days or so. Um, yeah, and it, it's been in the news a great deal, as you said. Well, why don't why don't you do this? Why don't you give us uh, a brief overview of the fiscal cliff and give us some specifics on uh, some of these issues that are surrounding it, like the the tax law, the tax implications, and some of the other fiscal elements. Okay. Well, what what it really involves is what are always called the the Bush tax cuts. Uh, President Bush, the younger Bush, um, in 2001, put in a very different tax structure. So currently, for example, currently, the uh, tax categories are 10% for the lowest, 15%, 28%, 33%, and the top rate is 35%. Um we also had a reduction in the estate tax. So the minimum estate that would be taxed currently is $5 million per person. So that could be 10 million for a a family. And the uh, highest rate right now, I think is 39%. If they don't continue that, then what happens is the individual tax rates go from 10 to 15. So the lowest rate becomes 15%. The next rate is 25. The next is 28, 36, and then 39.6 for the highest. 
So the rates increase somewhat appreciably. I mean, in, in some cases, 10 to 15, that's 50%, 15 to 25, that's almost a 100% increase in that tax rate there. And we don't know yet, Chris, do we, what that 39.5% tax rate, what the threshold amount that that would trigger. See, Is that's, that correct? Yeah, that's correct, too. Isn't that's that all, all part, part of the, de- of that's part of the debate that's going on right now? Yeah, that, that is. But even so, I mean, just recognizing if, if you've been in the highest tax bracket, chances are you're going to continue to be in the highest tax bracket. Well, that, that can't make Rich feel uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get to this point? Well, again, it was a situation where the various Congresses elected not to deal with the issues because these tax rates expired a while ago and they just decided to continue with what they had, continue what was in place. So they had opportunities to do this before. But as with is always the case with this situation, there, there are so many factors that come into play. There are so many forces fighting against any kind of change. You know, the tax loopholes, they've talked about doing away with tax loopholes. Well, that's fine, but there are an awful lot of people that get really, really upset when you start talking about removing those things. Mortgage interest payments, for example. That's one of the largest loopholes. Almost anyone that owns a home would get really angry at having that removed, even though they might be able to lower their tax rate by having that removed. They like it better psychologically when they can deduct this from taxable income and then pay tax on the rest. Well, Chris, so do you believe a compromise is going to be reached in Congress uh, before midnight on December 31st? Uh, you know, there's been so much going on back and forth. Uh, what, what is going to be, uh, go, what is going to happen at the end of the uh, year here? You know, let's get back to the first one, compromise. There has to be a compromise. No one, neither side is going to win at all. It's just not going to happen. So there's going to be some sort of a compromise. The question is, what's the compromise? And, and, you know, you look at it, it's more a question of uh, having the parties come out looking good, smelling good, even though the consequences might be the same regardless. You know, that, that neither side wants the other side to lose face in that way because the consequences to that are too severe. So they're going to come to some place and then it's just working out the details to make it appear that neither side really caved too much, you know? Right. It's kind of a kabuki dance right now where uh, you have the outliers on the, on the left and on the right, you know, screaming about any concession and yet there needs to be that concession along the way. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now what's going to happen if the compromise isn't reached and the new laws go into effect? Well, again, so we talked a little bit about the taxes. So that's one thing. I mean, when you talk about the cliff, there are two elements to it. So you're going to have higher taxes. You're going to have higher taxes on income. You're going to have higher taxes on estates. You're going to have higher taxes on capital gains. You're going to have higher taxes on dividends. And the other point is that the Social Security tax for individuals was reduced by presidential order by two percentage points. So instead of being 6.2%, it's now 4.2%. So if 
this whole thing expires, that's one of the items that expires as well. So even if they do everything else and let that one go, Social Security taxes are going to go back up to where they were a couple of years ago. Then on the other side, you have automatic spending cuts. That's the other side of the cliff. Mm-hmm. Those spending cuts, um, I think it's $109 billion, and half of that comes from the military, and half of that comes from discretionary spending. So that's, they're the components of the cliff. The higher tax rates that are going to go in, unless they change them in some way or vote to continue this for the immediate term, but then coupled with that are the spending cuts that are built in, that's the law, um, that will occur January 2nd of 2013. So that's, they're the components of the cliff. Well, Chris, on the spending cut side, when they're debating right now, are they debating uh, some large amorphous number around the spending cuts, or are they actually talking about specific programs? You know, again, Larry, all I have to go by is what I see from the sources that are out there. Uh, They've been really, really close to the vest in terms of leaking information or even talking about what they're talking about. So it's difficult to say. Um, They have talked about examining specific programs, making changes to specific programs. I don't know that they have enough time to be that specific. They may be grabbing specific programs so they can talk about certain things and at least get some of those things out there now and then work on other programs a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you talk about the Defense Department cuts, for example, unless they're talking about some specific program or weapon system or something, uh, it, it, it becomes just a kind of, as I say, an amorphous number. Or on the other side, if they're talking about, you know, some of these entitlements, Unless they're raising retirement ages for <laughs> Medicare and all that. I mean, you, where, where are you going with that? Well, here's an interesting point, Larry. If, if you could fire everybody in the federal government, yeah. that wouldn't solve the problem because it's the entitlement programs that have created the deficit. So they're not, you know, that's that's a whole other issue. I mean, this this cut in discretionary spending is just that discretionary. Social right. Security is not discretionary. Medicare right. is not discretionary. Welfare programs are not discretionary. So you go on and on and on. These are all items that, unless they're specifically discussed, are not part of this process. Well, I think I wanted our audience to understand that, that when this fiscal cliff issue was talking about spending cuts, it's talking discretionary spending and Completely. not some of the things not some of the things that have caused such consternation for years and years and years like the entitlement program. Uh, absolutely not. And that's, that, that you know, on a personal note, as much as I enjoy not paying 6.2%, as much as I enjoy paying 4.2% to reduce Social Security, is increasing the difficulties that we face because it's it's just removing money that would be spent for part of these entitlement programs. Social Security can take care of itself. Social Security is self-funding the way it is right now and will be for a while. But when you start reducing that tax, you're creating another problem that somebody's going to have to pick up down the road. Right. 
pot is not going to be as full. That's correct. That's it's correct. Medicare recipients that I've talked to are um, their premiums are being increased by at least fifty percent from oh, last yeah. year. Well, again, so, but you know they're they're trying to do that to reduce some of the the deficit issue in the program. Medicare has a minimal source of funding. Medicare is only about a 2% tax on wages by individuals. So that's that's where Medicare funding comes from. And then on top of that, it's just out of general revenue. That That's it. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's take a break right now. Uh, we've got a lot of issues to discuss. We've talked about a lot of numbers I, I personally think if the uh, government would talk to you, Professor Coyne, uh, we might solve this problem. So <laughs> let's take a break right now. We'll be right back with uh, Chris Coyne and my co-host, Rich Ryan, right here on Ringo Radio. We'll be right back. You can listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com or LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose from almost 200 topics. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.RinglerAssociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod and listen on the run? Just go to iTunes and subscribe. It's free. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined uh, by my special colleague and, and co-host, Rich Ryan, from uh, Ringler Baltimore office. And, of course, our special guest, Dr. Christopher Coyne from St. Joseph University. What's the phrase, uh, Chris? The hawk will never die? That, that's right. That's what they there, tell me. There you go. Well, listen, uh, we've been talking a lot about the fiscal cliff. And with a potential recession looming, and the term fiscal cliff being this top story, uh, Chris, how do you how do you relate to this issue? What what would what should we be telling our clients about the security of a structured settlement during this somewhat confusing uh, economic time? Well, in my mind, Larry, I think again the term you used is the most appropriate term available, and that is security. The structured settlement is as definite as somebody can get. What we've seen in certainly in the past five years and what we expect, especially if we do hit the cliff, even if we go over it a little bit, you know, there is so much uncertainty in the markets, financial markets today. You have demonstrated by the increased volatility. If someone believed that they could take money and make enough in the market today, I I think they'd really be doing themselves a a big disservice. Uh, When you have some kind of, as I said, certainty, the surety of that structured settlement, 
you're probably as safe as anybody can be in today's situation, in today's fiscal events. Do you believe this is actually a perfect time to do a structure settlement, Dr. Coyne? Uh, I, absolutely. That's probably the simplest answer to give. Uh, again, because somebody today, right now, something, somebody were in a situation where they could get that settlement, that is the safest solution available to them. And, and, you know, again, think of the purpose of the structured settlement. It's a situation where somebody can't work anymore, you know, as, as, as going to have difficulty making a living at the very, very least. They need that stability, that structure, and the certainty created by a structured settlement, given today's financial events, is the best place to be in my mind. It, it, it's not exciting, but that's what you want, really. It's the best place to be. You want that certainty. You want that security, which is what the structured settlement's all about. So I, I think today is a perfect time for it. Well, you know, you know, Chris, uh, Rich and I, uh, almost every day, when we're dealing with uh, folks trying to make a decision as to whether take cash or do a structured settlement, sometimes you'll get uh, people saying, well, you know, I'm not sure I want to lock in at these uh, low annuity rates right now uh, because, you know, maybe if I keep the cash and I invested it in other vehicles, I may be able to do better. But, you know, Chris, what we have found, and we've this has been true for, for many, many years, is it doesn't really matter if there are higher rates of return. If you've dissipated your principal, you have nothing to invest. Well, that's that's really what it comes down to. And and I don't know where you're going to get higher rates of return. There haven't been higher rates of return for probably four years. Uh, you, you, the Fed has indicated that they are going to keep interest rates artificially low for the next year and possibly two years through 2014. So where is it that anybody is going to get these high rates of return? I mean, a bank, what what does a bank pay today? I don't even know that you get 1% on savings accounts. You you might get a little bit over 1% on a CD of some length. Right. Where, Where are those rates of return? Where are they? You know what we find, and Rich, you can chime in too, uh, we find that uh, people always seem to have great ideas because they've been suggested them by uh, people who somehow want to get their hands on their money. And, you know, it isn't very long, a few years later, when people come back, uh, you know, remorseful about that because the money that they thought there were, that was going to be there for the long haul isn't there. Oh, sure. The family member the, or the friend that, that entices them to invest all of their uh, settlement proceeds with them doesn't have to pay the consequences if that money's dissipated. Right, they left. They're left holding holding the bag. Uh, you know, I had a, a fellow who uh, whose brother-in-law had a pizza shop, wanted to expand it, and uh, settlement funds were used for that. And then, of course, a couple of other pizza shops opened up down the street, and uh, he went out of business. So, I mean, that's a that's a, you know a microcosm of of what we what we see. And when we talk about the fiscal cliff. Which brings back the old the whole issue of uncertainty and volatility, as you said, Chris. Um, I think the peace of mind when you hit, put your head on the pillow of knowing you're going to get a check and you're knowing it's going to be there, uh, sometimes, uh, in my view, would trump uh, the potential for greater returns with some other investment. Well, you know, we've had this conversation before. You know how I feel about these 
ads, it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, That's right. It, it, it's frustrating even for me. I'm not a participant in the structured settlement area, but it's frustrating for me to see these things because I do know what it takes to make those kinds of returns in the market. And not everyone is capable psychologically of withstanding that. And I would think that someone who has been through tremendous physical trauma and the consequent emotional trauma would be one of those people who would not be able to withstand that additional psychological and emotional trauma that comes from the dissipation of a payout. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that you never know until you get there. And that's when they finally have the realization. And by that time it's too late. I mean, it's a sad yeah. thing, but I, yeah. I, it's, it's what you guys see all the time. Yeah. And I will tell you that, uh, th this position of someone having lost all their money or having dissipated the principle is really the reason and rationale. And I should, it shouldn't go unsaid that that's why the federal government gives favored tax status to structured settlements, because when the checks are coming in, those individuals are not destitute. They're not looking for a public handout. They've got a private sector alternative, People, you know, someone paying them on a regular basis. And uh, when they dissipate it, we, we run into issues that, you know, frankly, are part of this whole fiscal cliff discussion. You well, know, again, of, I just was going to say, when you look at it, the fiscal cliff is very beneficial from two perspectives. Number one, you do have the favored tax treatment. So the fact that rates are going up doesn't matter to you. And number two, you have the certainty that you don't have in the marketplace and haven't had in the marketplace for quite some time. I mean, the marketplace is never, the financial marketplace is never certain, but it's been much more uncertain for the past, since 2008. Right. No question. Well, listen, as we come to the end of, uh, of our show, uh, Chris, why don't you, you know, use your crystal ball? You know, you're so close to the issue. Why don't you, why don't you step back for a second and, and give us your prediction as to where you think this fiscal cliff discussion and, and compromise and, uh, dis and mediation is all going to come to uh, an end at the end of the year? Where is it going to go? Well, I, in terms of tax rates, I, I think they're going to pretty much stay where they are. There's been at least recognition by the Republicans that the upper rate is going to have to go back up. That affects few people, uh, so it's more of a, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of thing. They're fighting now about what level of income it is that that's going to take effect. So you think that's going to be a 39.5% rate yeah, on, let's I've, say, I've, the, uh, over a million dollars or some such uh, Well, that's what the Republicans, that's, you know, the, the proposal that supposedly Boehner put forward. Uh, I, I don't know that they're going to really fly with a million, but they might. they might come up with... 500, 400, you know, something greater than the 250 that the president is proposing. Um, the, the one interesting thing, it's one I haven't heard anything about, is is the estate tax. I mean, that's a very emotionally charged yes. tax. But what people don't realize is it's very, very easy to have an estate worth a million dollars. And the taxation of that estate can be very detrimental to small businesses. And family farmers, I know, are very upset about Oh, that. yeah, but even a small business, I and mean, that's what people mm -hmm. don't realize. To have a $5 million estate, that includes the business. 
That's part of the estate. I, I mean, that's a small business. That that could be a, a deli for Pete's sake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to be taxed. So I, I would hope that they they have the fortitude to overcome the typical emotional response of thinking that somebody that has a $5 million estate is really wealthy um, and they'll maintain the estate tax where it is currently. I, I, you know, I don't know, but, it, but I can only hope that that's the case, that they have a little bit of sense about that, you know? Well, so I sense from your predictions and your crystal ball that you don't think we're falling off this cliff at the end of the year. You think there's going to be a, some solution, some compromise? If they don't have something in place by December 31st, it, it won't be long after that. We might fall over the cliff, but there's going to be that safety net there because they're going to come in relatively quickly into next year and get something done. Uh, they seem to be pretty far along already just mm-hmm. from the dribs and drabs that you hear, you know, that it's obvious that they're making progress. I think what you're seeing in the press is the chess match that goes on so that each of them can make the point that they were tough and they stood their ground and they just got overwhelmed at the end, you know? So I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's going to happen. The the more significant event is that the spending cuts won't kick in uh, in terms of the tax, remember that tax wouldn't occur all at one time. It would occur over the year. So that wouldn't have that much of an impact. The spending cuts would. Um, higher rates, maybe. And what does that mean? People are going to have less money to go out and do the kinds of things they want to do, but it is still going to be more than they would have had if everything went back to where it was, you know? Well, I think uh, although we're, you know, it's not balloons and, uh, and confetti right now, I think you you are painting a picture that's a little bit better than the the potential uh, you know devastation that a lot of folks were thinking about. So with that, I want to say thank you, Chris. Uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, they can reach me at uh, c c o y n e at s j u dot e d u. Terrific, terrific. And uh, Rich, how about yourself? With uh, you can I can be reached at one eight hundred five three one. One zero four two. We've got offices in Maryland and Virginia, or by email at rryan. That's r r y a n at ringlerassociates dot com. Terrific, and uh, you can reach any Ringler Associate on ringlerassociates dot com. You go there. You can look at all the uh, offices that we have, and uh, if you have a, a need for a structured settlement, uh, we've got a lot of folks like Rich out there willing to help you. And in case you're a first time listener, you should know that every Ringler Radio Show, and we've done so many of them now. They can all be downloaded from our website, ringlerassociates.com, as well as legaltalknetwork.com. Or you can go to iTunes and uh, download right onto your iPhone or iPod and uh, listen all day long if you want. And I'm sure that's something you're going to do tomorrow, Chris, aren't you? Uh, I'm going to put a little background music in and, you know, boogie on down the road there, Larry. Well, I hope so. And, Chris, thank you very much again for joining us. Uh, Rich, again, thank you. Thank you. And now for the rest of you out there, go out and have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. 
celebrating its seventh year on Legal Talk Network with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. 